Welcome to Kingdom Life Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. Well, we've been busy with a sermon series called DNA, and today is our last sermon in our series with our last value. Now, and the last value is all about equipping others, equipping others. Now, let me start out with a question this morning. Why do you think is it necessary for us to equip others? Why is it necessary for one person to equip the next? Why is it necessary that they will be equipping? That's a good question to ask. The focus of equipping boils down to one point, and that is for us to grow, for us to grow. We need to grow in our relationship with God. We need to grow as believers. We need to grow in our prayer and our worship time and our reading. We need to grow. Now, remember, when I speak about growing up and grow, there's a story of this mother who was driving a four-year-old sibling or four-year-old toddler to, to preschool. And the mother was also a doctor. So she was driving, and a stethoscope was lying at the back with a little girl at the back. And she could see in the river mirror, the girl grabbed the stethoscope. And she has it in her ear, and she starts playing with it. And, and she thought in her heart, oh, my mommy heart, is so, my mommy heart is so glad at the moment. I wish my little girl can grow up to be a doctor like me. And as she was busy with this deep thought, she could hear her daughter interrupting her with speaking. And she took the stethoscope to her mouth, and she says, Welcome to McDonald's. Can I take your order, please? <laughs> and immediately, I think, the aspirations went... <laughs> now, what are you going to be when you grow up? That's the question. I'm not talking about growing up physically. I'm talking about growing up spiritually. Who are we going to become when we grow up? That's the question. And when any baby is born, the number one thing that the parents need to care, care for is, is the baby Drinking. Do they drink enough? I remember when the twins were born, that was double care. We need to make sure each and any one of them drinking. The one had the reflux, the other one not. And it was so, but we had to make sure that they drink. Why? It's essential for a child to drink well. Why? Because it makes sure they are healthy. Now, spiritual growth in a Christian's life is as important. We need to grow spiritually. Why? Because we need to be healthy in our relationship with God. It's not just important when we are born again, but all through our lives, we need to make sure that we grow and that we are healthy in our relationship with the Father. Am I right? Can I get some amens? Amen. amen. See, we need to be healthy Christians. We need to be healthy spiritually. Now, if we do not grow spiritually, guess what happens? We stagnate. And if you stagnate, sometimes you degenerate. And then when you degenerate later, you can actually die spiritually. You can backslide, as most, most people say, and I've got different uh, viewpoints on that. But see, Christians can't afford to stagnate and become passive in their relationship with God. We can't afford that. I don't know about you. I can't afford that. I can't afford to stagnate, to become passive in my relationship with the Father, because the Father in the kingdom is always advancing. Always. I need to, and it's not a performance thing, it's a longing thing. I long to be close to Him, to grow into that stature which God has called me to grow into. Now, I believe that the enemy uses this very aspect, this very aspect against us, without us knowing it. Let me explain. See, we meet God, we get born again. 
And then you're so psyched up, there's a hype towards this. I go to church, I go to home group, I go to this conference, I read every book, I listen to TBN, I do this, I'm so psyched, I'm so excited with my, my relationship with God, and as time goes on, etc., etc., suddenly everything becomes just normal again. And we lose that passion, that drive that we had for God. Everything just becomes a normal flow. Does it sound familiar? You see, then many Christians become passive in that moment. We read our Bible occasionally. We go to church every now and then. Not that church will make you a better Christian, but the fellowship will. The, that community will. That there's growth. But, we, but, but there's no more push in that says, Lord, I can't get more than, more than enough from you. I want more, more, more. But see, over time, when you get to that place of being passive, being, being stagnant in our relationship with, with God, some people can die spiritually. They can gradually get lured back into their old habits, their old sins, getting back to exactly where they was before they got saved and really on fire for God. Now, I'm not saying you have to get born again. That's a different talk of a different, for a different day. I'm just saying we need to get, stay in touch with the Father. Now, once in a while, then after being passive, we get to church or we get into a conference or we listen to a scripture or a sermon and suddenly we get so convicted and we realize, how have I backslid so much? Where did this happen? How could I have gone so far from the Father where, I, where at once I felt so close to Him? Have you ever been there? I think all of us have been. Now, there's a powerful scripture in Ephesians 4 that um, that we all know this so well. Now I'm going to read it and now I'm going to talk about it. It's in the New Living Translation. It says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors, and the teachers, the fivefold ministry. It says, Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church and the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such a unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind and of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love growing in every way more like Christ, who is the head of the body, um, the church. It's quite a mouthful, isn't it? Now, Paul mentions such an important principle in a very, very familiar scripture. The very familiar. The fivefold ministry. All need to, the fivefold ministry need to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And, and I always thought, wow, all the guys in ministry need to equip all the others. But that's not right. Because all of us have gifts in the fivefold, some as prophets, some as teachers, some as shepherds and pastors, some as apostles to start new things, to run. All of us have the gifts, and everyone always sees the gifts in the Scripture. But Paul says one vitally thing, vital thing for everyone, is that we need to be equipped. That's one thing we miss so much. We look at the gifts. Oh, what gift am I? I need to be this, I need to grow my gift, I need to do this. But the, the word actually says, the gifts need to equip. And all of us are gifted. All of us are functioning in one of that five gifts. That's what God has given you. Maybe you said, Mahini, I don't see myself as one of those five. That's fine, you just haven't found the gift that God has given you. 
And with those gifts, we need to make sure that everyone is equipped. So the essence of the scripture says that we need to be equipped. We need to be equipped so that we can grow and mature in our relationship with the Father. So here's the question. How can we grow more in our relationship with God? How can I be equipped more? How can I grow more? Have you ever asked asked that question to yourself? How can I grow my relationship with God? How can I go deeper in my relationship with my, with my God? Have you ever asked that question, or is it just me? Is it just me? Okay, it's just me and, me and Kiran. Come on. <laughs> I want to go deeper in my relationship with God. Lord, I want to grow. Now, if you ask that question, and I know so many Christians ask this question, it brings me to one of the most special ingredients that we need, one ingredient that growth requires. Do you know what that is? It is called hunger. How hungry are you? You see, hungry is an interesting phenomenon. You see, it moves people in strange ways. Come on, men. If you're hungry and you smell that, that braai and you smell that fire, something happens to your stomach and you realize, oh, I'm hungry. You see, unusual behaviors is more excusable when a, pe- when a person are hungry. <laughs> when I've, I mean, I had stayed with two of my buddies when I was a student and one of the guys came in from training or gym or somewhere every afternoon, and he was so hungry, he slapped on everything on a piece of bread he could find in the, in the cupboards. Like from potato salad to mixed with peanut butter, mixed with this. And I mean, it's like I looked at it and I thought, my goodness, can you get that in your body? And he always said, it's like, man, I'm hungry. He always said, I'm hungry. <laughs> He's very hungry. So you will do weird things when you're hungry. I don't know about the women, but the men really do. With, well, maybe the women when they're pregnant. Come on. Then you crave weird stuff that you never thought you would crave because you are hungry. You see, hung, when you are hungry, it do weird things to you. Even King Solomon, if you go to Proverbs 6, he said that a man who steals because he is hungry can still be excused. Go and read Proverbs 6. He can still be excused, but if he is caught, he will pay back seven times. He doesn't say it's right. But he says even hunger to such a point he will excuse with some consequences. Now the question is, I'm not talking about, we're talking about physical hunger at this moment, but spiritual hungry people have the same familiar behavior or unfamiliar or weird behavior. People that's really hungry spiritually. Now let's ask the question again, what does it mean to be hungry? How do you define hungry? This is a good question. Now, there's two different definitions. Now, this is for physical hunger. It says having a need for food or having a strong desire and a craving. How many of you had a craving for something? Like biltong or that, that, that sweet chocolate milkshake or, that, or that, that, that ice cream that you... I mean, I mean, we can go on what you crave and what I'm craving. We all know exactly what it means when I'm saying, what do you crave? What do you crave? That, that means if I crave something, I'm hungry. I've got a desire for something which is strong. You see, hunger says the following. It says that I am in need. I am in need and I am... Um, what, what's, what's a better word... I am in need. I'm, I'm in need. I'm a needy person. That's, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think about a different word. But hey, when you're hungry, you're in need. 
You're in need for substance. You're in need for food. You need something. That's how God created us, that when you're hungry, you need that substance. Then you start craving something. I always remember when I was running um, in the winter months, I did some cross-country because I was a fauna hurdler. I just decided I want to get fit, so I go cross-countrying with the team. And we run always late in the afternoon, and it gets dark and cold. I started craving like this roivorsis, you know, this, this little pork sausage, Viennas. I started craving Viennas with two-minute noodles. It was the weirdest thing. And I always ran, and I was like, got this craving for this stuff. And then after the second Vienna and the two-minute noodles, I thought, what were I thinking? What was I thinking? <laughs> but see, as human beings, we were made to become hungry. We were made to become hungry. And just as hunger is a sign of health for babies, so hunger is also a sign of spiritual health for believers. It's a sign of spiritual health for us. Now, there's a huge difference between natural hunger and spiritual hunger. You all know this. If you go look in the natural, we become hungry. We become hungry by not eating. Am I right? So the less I eat, the more hungrier I get. That's in the physical. But if you look at the spiritual, it's way different. The more I eat, the more I become hungry. The more I eat, the more I become hungry. So in the natural, the less I eat, the more I become hungry. In the spirit, the more I eat, the more I want. Way big difference between hunger. And let me explain it this way. Do you know how an Eskimo, maybe some of you have heard this, um, this illustration, how an Eskimo catches a wolf? Now, an Eskimo would come and he would kill a seal, and they, that's how they live, and they eat that seal fat, and it's, it's a long thing. But, but if a wolf are in the vicinity and, and, and are endangering his, his tribe, they take the seal blood, which is very thick because of the cold weather, and he takes his big knife and he dips it into the, to the, to the blood of the seal, lets it dry, and then dips it in, and dips it in, and, and, over, and, and continue that process till the blade of the knife is gone, and you only have this thick blob of blood frozen. And he would take this thick blob of blood, actually with a knife in, and stick it into the, to the snow and go to sleep. And then what happens? Wolfie comes, and he sees this nice thick clock of blood, and he starts licking at it. And he licks it, and as soon as he starts licking, he tastes this blood, and he wants more of it. So he starts licking all this blood, and the blood started to deplete until he gets to the blade of the, the knife, and he starts cutting his tongue as he licks, tasting his own warm blood, getting more passionate, more lustful for blood, literally drinking himself to death. That's how they kill him. Now, everything in the spirit world... In the spirit works like this. I know it's, some, it's a gross um, illustration, I'm sorry. Now you have that in your mind. But everything in the spirit works like that, the same way with lust, the same way with pride, the same way with offense, the same way with being passive, the same way with anger. The more you go into it, the more you want of it. The, the, the more it's like offense. I took offense here. Now suddenly I took offense with everything around me. You see, the more you have, the more you eat, the more you want. The more you that's the, the, the spiritual law of hunger. That's why I always say exercise is very spiritual. Because the more you exercise, 
the more you want to exercise, the less you exercise. Amen here, the, the, the personal trainer, ex-par excellence, he would, he would say amen to that. He did. Now, when we are hungry, we usually have an appetite for something. Am I right? I've got an appetite for something. If I'm hungry, I want to Brian Fridays, I do this, I smell this. I've got an appetite for something. But the things that we fill ourselves with regularly, we will build an appetite for. So what do you fill yourselves with spiritually regularly? Whatever you fill yourself with on a regular basis, you will start getting an appetite for. And that you will hunger for later on. See, we do, what do we fill ourselves and our time with? More than normal. Maybe it's movies, it's social media, it's news, it's whatever. It's, uh, when I was a campus pastor in Poch with so many students, the big thing that students filled themselves was with series. They watched series all week long. That they, series upon series upon series, literally. I mean, they have this, this, this um, DC Plus thing and they, they download all the series from it and then every Thursday, all the series from America comes out on the internet and they download and they, it's for free there. So they download. Then some students literally bunk on Thursdays from 7 o'clock in the morning till like 11, 12 at night, they just watch all the series, everything. And by the time they get to Friday, they didn't feel well. They didn't feel very spiritual. And I, and I said to Henny, I don't feel well today. It's like, what did you do yesterday? No, I watched some series. It's like, but I mean, dude, let me just be honest with you. Whatever you fill yourself with, you will be hungry for. You will have an appetite for. And it will have an impact on your spirit like the wolf who licks the blood of a blade. Whatever you fill yourself with, has a powerful effect on you. It do. We all can, att uh, can attest to that. We all testify to whatever, uh, when it's World Cup rugby, and I can't get enough of rugby. That last day when the rugby is done, two days after, it's like, man, I just feel so, something is wrong. I need to watch something. Oh yeah, I've been watching rugby for a month. And it's amazing, and it's lacquer, but, it's, but that's what I was fill filling myself with. I had an appetite for that. And it just shows how much power it has when you fill yourself with something. Now, whatever you fill yourself has a powerful effect. Now, let me explain this from the, from, from the Bible. I need to get to the Bible at least. If you go to Exodus and you start reading about the nation Israel. Now, Israel was slaves in Egypt. It all became with Jacob and Jacob was, hey, we all know the story. And, and when Jacob passed away, they became slaves in Egypt. And there were about two, three, four million slaves in Egypt that built all those massive things that they had. But they were used to being whipped. Being, I mean, I mean having, being a slave is not a fun, I think it's not a fun package. But then God came and he chose his nation, Israel, and he, 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 he remembered the covenant he had with Abraham and Jacob. And he said, I need to save my nation out of the hands of the Egyptians. So he came with Moses, and we all know the story of Moses, and ten plagues, and everything was amazing, and we all know the story. And they were in the desert through the Red Sea, the Egyptians killed, um, the Red Sea opening, I mean, you, you, you got the drift. Now they're in the desert, and suddenly, what happened? They become hungry. They become hungry and thirsty, and they're in the desert. And listen, what happened? Sorry, I missed... One. So they say, 
if only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt. <laughs> Can you believe this? They have just witnessed 10 of the most wonderful miracles the world has ever seen, killing and decimating one of the most powerful nations in the world to date, that time. And they come to them and they said, if only the Lord killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted, but now you have all brought us into the wilderness to starve us to death. And I thought, oh, wow. <laughs> After witnessing all, everything that you've witnessed, you see, you, you literally saw a sea opening in front of you with walls, fishes swimming next to you while you walk through a sea bare feet. The, the scripture says, not even the soles of their foot got wet and they walked through there and they came to the back and they saw God's victory killing all the mighty warriors of Egypt nullifying one of the most powerful nations they got to the other side they praised and worshipped they walked for two days became hungry and they started doing this they were used why why did they do this and I, it, got, it dawned on me and I, I realized that they were used to fool themselves spiritually with murmurings with moanings and that is what they had an appetite for. I'm talking spiritually. Because that's what they did every day, as a, every day as a slave. Oh man, I'm going to be hit again. I need to work hard. They moaned. They murmured. And that was what they had an appetite for. Isn't that amazing? So after this, verse 3, look at verse 4. God replies. Just Here we see how merciful and incredible God is. Then the Lord said to Moses, look. I'm going to rain down food from heaven. I'm going to rain down food from heaven. Have you ever had a dream like candy is raining all over you and you just have a fun and it's just amazing. This was literally rain down food from heaven for you. Each day the people can go out and pick as much food as they need for that day and I will test them in this to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. God actually said, I'm going to test if you're greedy. I'm going to give you as much as you want, but I'm going to see if you are greedy. It's amazing. You see, hunger is a place of humility that will keep us in a place of dependency. It's a place of humility that will keep us in a place of dependency. I, when you're nurturing a little child, that child is humble to a place because they are dependent on you. And when we are spiritually hunger. We are in need for God to come and fill us. We are depending on Him to give us more every day, to grow in our relationship with Him. Just as we are in the natural hungry, so we need to be hungry in the Spirit. See, God wanted to teach them that they needed Him first. See, they needed first, what they needed first was to depend on Him. And then He'll give them everything. He, he actually said, you need my presence. And you guess what? They had his presence. They had a fire pillar around them at night. A pillar of fire that light their way. They had a cloud covering, literally giving them shade. I mean, Moses struck a rock and water poured out of that rock. The rock, if you read the scripture, the rock was following them through the desert with water. I mean, that's sci-fi stuff. But God says, I want you to depend firstly on my presence. Firstly, 
I want you to have my presence more than anything else. And guess what? You have it, right? Just realize what you have. Now Israel, when they start moaning God and they had the covenant and before they had the covenant, they were afraid of God in that stage. They said, Moses, you go to the tent of meeting. You meet with God because we're afraid we're going to die. So Moses went to the tent of meeting. He met God. He went into the presence of God. But Joshua, Joshua, his armor bearer at that stage, saw the presence of God. And he followed Moses everywhere. He followed him everywhere Moses went. Yes, he was his armor bearer. But he went through with Moses for a different reason, I think. You see, he sat in the presence of God daily at the door of the tent when God spoke to Moses. That's where Joshua was. See, he started to get more and more hungry for the presence of God. All the other people were afraid of God. They wanted to, like, we don't want to get close to God. He's going to kill us. But Joshua, firstly, had to go with Moses because he's the armor bearer. And I think he, firstly, is like, oh, lucky me. I need to go to the prayer. It was like, I think he was scared. Then he sat at the gate of that tent of meeting, and he experienced the presence of God as Moses met with God. And every time he went back, he couldn't get enough. He wanted to be in the presence of God. You see, he sat in the dust. He sat at that door, experiencing more of the Father. It's almost, you see, spiritual hunger has a motivating factor that causes us to move from ourselves to something greater. I don't think Joshua would have taken up what he'd taken up when Moses died if he didn't sit in the presence of God and he had a hunger for more of him. He could hear how God spoke to Moses and he created. There was an appetite started brewing on the inside of him for more of the Father. Isn't that amazing? Now, it's almost the Olympic Games. I don't know if you realize. We're praying that the Olympic Games still happens. And for those athletes that goes to Olympic Games that train for four or five years, <laughs> they have to train hard. They have to work hard. They have to get themselves out of a place of convenience every day and train hard. For an athlete, for we look at and we idolize all these sport heroes, but these guys, of course, I've been there. You have to literally twice, three times a day, wake up on convenient times, being tough, I mean, painting, I mean, mean, there's so many, and you have to go and work hard at it. Now, all of these athletes, if you look at the Olympic Games, they didn't get there by chance or fluke or, oh, yeah, I just lucky draw, yeah, I'm going to Olympics. No way. They worked hard at it. They had to give up so many fun stuff to do. They had to literally dive in and get themselves out of that place of convenience to do it. Why do they do that? Because they all hunger for Olympic glory. They all hunger for that. I want that Olympic glory. I want that goal. I just, some of them, I, for me, I just wanted to compete there to say I was at the Olympics. Now, sometimes we need to move out of our convenient situations to get more from God. Have you ever been there in your life? Oh, I just want to sleep 10 more minutes. It's like, I, I just, like it's 5 o'clock. Oh, who reads Bible when it's so dark? My goodness. Can we all do this? Um, I'm tired. It's like 10 o'clock. I've had a tough day. I know I need to read Bible. But I'm just going to sleep now. They, grace, grace for me. For me. <laughs> but see, sometimes 
Joshua, for me, is an example of moving out of your place of convenience. Moving out of you. See, Joshua had such a craving for God's presence that he did anything to get more of it. He was in the dust at the gate of a tent whenever all the other guys were having lunch in their tents, sleeping in. He was in the dust there, sitting, waiting for Moses, just grabbing a little bit more of his presence. He was willing to suffer up, be inconvenient times, go to God's presence with Moses. And when his time came to rule, Joshua, guess what? He was great. He was amazing. He was better than most people thought he would be. Now, Bill Johnson had a quote. He had a saying that says, The hungry crave, but the satisfied evaluate. Let that sink in. The hungry crave, I'm talking spiritually, the spiritual hungry crave, but the spiritual satisfied evaluate. How many people have you met that just evaluates? Oh, that's a stupid banner. I can't believe they sing that song again. Oh, my goodness. But true hungry people, I'm not talking about you, my wife. I love you. <laughs> yeah, good save. She knows my heart. I'll get, I'll get my punishment later. But how many of us, I mean, come on, I'm speaking to myself, I'm speaking to all of us. How many of us have come to a place like, oh man, I mean, I've been to church all week and I can just, or this, or I've gone to a conference here. See, the, the spiritual full, or the spiritual, what did I say, the spiritual satisfied, when you come to a place where you think you're satisfied, when you're full, you won't crave anymore. You will evaluate. You will evaluate everything around instead of craving more from His presence. More from him. It's almost like the difference between milk and meat. Have you ever thought about this? Milk and meat. Let me give you the difference. See, some Christians stays at milk. They stay at milk revelations. They're getting fed with the substance that's already been processed for them. That's what milk is. It's a substance of food that has already been processed for you. You don't have to process it. Let me just give you some milk here. I'll, I'll get all the revelations for you. I'll, you just listen to all the sermons that you want. Get all the revelations. No, no, no. But see, meat eaters have the hunger to go and get it and prepare it themselves. It's something way different. And that was where Joshua was. Joshua was craving that meat. I don't want just Moses to come and tell me what the Lord says and then I'll do it. I want to go and get it myself. I want to go more, more for him. I want to read that word till I find something, till I get that revelation. But see, if I'm staying at the milk revelation, I will, start, I will get used to being filled with something that's already been processed for me. I never get used to, fill that, to train that muscles to really dive in and get more from the Father. Get more from it. Read that, that, um, that uh, um, numbers in the Bible. Oh my goodness. Lord Jesus, help us. Why did you put that in the Bible? This sun from that sun and this cubic meter from that cube. And that's like, Lord, do I have to suffer through this book? And then I ever heard like the Lord says, Henny, seek that revelation. Seek that revelation. There's something in there for you. There's something in there for you. And then I take the scriptures. And I read it more and more, and then sometimes I get nothing. <laughs> Have you ever read the Bible? And you get nothing today. Nothing. 
And I was so discouraged when I was a young Christian. I was like, Lord, I read my Bible for an hour and you gave me nothing. Where were you, Lord? <laughs> I'm just honest with you. And then the Lord just said to me, Henny, but sometimes you just need to wash yourself with the Word. Just wash yourself with the Word. Just read that Word. Read it, read it. And you get to a place where you move from that milk revelation to the meat. Processing that thing self for yourself. Mm. You know where I'm going. <laughs> now Matthew 5 or 6 says the following. Oh, did I miss something? I couldn't have missed something. I was so excited about this. Listen to what Deuteronomy says. Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna. Isn't that the Israelites? A food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Every word. You see, these Israelites got something that they didn't know about. They didn't know this thing. Have you ever gone to, you want to go to Spur, and you thought, man, I'm going to get the surf and turf tonight, <laughs> or that cheddar melt steak. Man, my mouth is watering, and he, so I'm going to go to Spur and I'll get the cheddar melt steak, and you get like, man, I don't want to look at the menu, I'm getting the cheddar melt steak. Yeah, don't worry, sir. And he comes and he slaps down the slimy fish in front of you. It's like, what is this, man? No, no, man, that's what you ordered. But it's not always what we ordered. You know, sometimes we don't know that thing. I want to get my cheddar melt steak. That's what I know. That's what I want. And Israelites were in a place where they, I want what we want. We want the meat and the pots from Egypt. But see, we all know what we want. But God knows what we really need. He knows what we really need in our lives. Now look at, listen to Matthew 5 or 6. It says, you're blessed when you worked up a good appetite for God. That's the message. His food and drink are the best meal you ever need or you ever eat. See, God loves it when we have an appetite for something, a good appetite. Now, for us as believers, it's vitally important to stay hungry. Am I right? We've spoken about it. We need to stay hungry as Christians, as believers of God. And I want to give you two things to help you. Our hunger will cause two things in our lives, spiritual hunger. Are you ready for it? Number one, hunger will attract heaven. It will attract heaven. Now, God has called us to bring heaven to earth. Am I right? Jesus taught his disciples to pray. He says, may it so be in heaven, may it be on earth as it is in heaven. May it be on earth as it is in heaven. That's why we say in heaven there's no sick person. In heaven there's no, there's no hungry person. In heaven there's no poor person. In heaven everything is awesome. But Jesus says pray, bring heaven to earth while you pray, while you do, while you preach. We need to bring heaven to earth when we pray for the sick, when we care for the compassion, for, for, the, for the hunger, when we are compassionate to the down and out. See, every time in church history, we read of a great revival, an outbreak where God touched the nation, touched the world. Why? Because they were hungry and they cried out for God. And most of these amazing re um, revivals in the, in the church began with a prayer meeting. I've got a book that, that's like the five most powerful revivals in the world. Azusa Street and, and uh, um, 
the Canada revival and all those things, when people came together like this and they just started praying and praying and then suddenly God showed up. And when God showed up, there was a wildfire that spread. Why? Because people were hungry for more of God. And yet people still hungry and crying out, said, Lord, bring revival. And God says, hunger more. Hunger more for me. Stephen was one of the disciples in training. And the apostles came and said, guys, we can't mess around waiting on tables again. Now, when the, when the scripture says waiting on tables, they're actually speaking about pastoring the people. Pastoring the people. They weren't just having a spur there in hand and just waited on the people and gave them food. Yes, they did that as well. But the main scripture says they pastored, they shepherded the people. They, they, they helped them to grow in their relationship with God. And they said, listen, guys, we can't spend time with all these people again. We need to plant new churches. We need to gather and spread the kingdom. And we need, I mean, there was, they needed to step up to what God has called the church to advance. But they needed new shepherds. They needed new pastors. They needed young men and women to come and wait on the tables. That's what the scripture says. Now, Stephen was one of them. <coughs> and when Stephen took over from the apostles, he was so zealous and so hungry for God that he literally was stoned to death. He did miracle upon miracle. I mean, that guy was on fire. He became the first martyr in the heaven, uh, in, 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 in the Bible. And the scripture says Stephen looked, and when I was stoning him before he died, he looked into heaven and he shouted. He said, see, I can see the Son of Man standing at the th next to the throne of God. He, Stephen literally, his passion and his zeal, his hunger for God, literally got Jesus out of his seat. Isn't that amazing? See, and then we come to a place where we said, Lord, I'm just like, we need to be hungry for more of Him. Because hunger will get us to a place where we will be more hungry. And we will be more hungry. And we will grow to a place where we cannot be quiet anymore. Then number two, I'm almost done. Hunger prepares the way for breakthrough. It prepares the way for breakthrough. How many of you need breakthrough in your life? How many of you need breakthrough in your spiritual life, in your physical, in your finances, in your family? Whatever breakthrough, hunger is the key. I'm talking about spiritual hunger. I'm not saying physical hunger. Spiritual hunger. Listen, see, hunger, hunger may be the most significant key to releasing the kingdom in and through our lives. The most significant key. I think most people don't grow because they're not hungry. Because they're filling them with stupid stuff. And because they're filling them with all these things, they create an appetite in their life for not willing, not up reading, for, uh, do uh, uh, more Bible reading. So if you want to get more Bible in your life, start reading your Bible more. And then in, in the start, it will be tough. It's like, oh, I need to read my Bible again, Lord, but I want more of you. By week two, I promise you, you will not be able to leave that Bible alone. Because there will be an appetite that will hunger for that more of Him. You see, hunger is the most significant key in advancing the kingdom of God in and through our lives. Listen to Hebrews 6. And without faith it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He is a rewarder of those who earnestly seek Him. Earnestly seek Him. That, that phrase, earnestly seek, in the Greek means the following. Can you guess it? 
to crave, to crave, to crave. Those have a craving for more. <laughs> Let me rephrase. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who crave him. So when we crave his presence and the resources of his kingdom, he rewards us with the presence and with power. Now, is it, understand me right today. There is not a, I do this and then God do this. There's grace for us. Sometimes I, God came powerfully into my life and, and me not being in a place to, to actually deserve it. But when we crave Him, God loves it when people crave more of Him. Then He shows up. When I've got that heart's cry for, Lord, I want more of you. I want to encounter you, Father. And lately I've been starting my prayers like, Lord, I want to read my Bible, but Lord, I want to, I want to encounter you. I just don't want to just sit here today and do nothing. I want more of you. How many of you have, have watched the last, The Chosen, the episode of The Chosen? If you haven't watched it, please, please, please go and watch season one, season two. But there's, a, there's a, a moment where they acted out, and it's just a story, it's not in the Bible, but they acted out how Nathaniel, one of Jesus' disciples, was an architect. And he had this flaw that he had. He, he was dreaming all his life to be this major Jewish architect in a Roman culture. It was not an easy way to get there. And he was building this massive building and there was a collapse and the, the builders didn't want to listen to him. There was this mix-up. And he went out of the city and he sat under a tree and he had these maps of his this drawings of this dream that he had. And he shouted at God and said, Lord, where were you when I needed you? Out of a passion for why, Lord, you created me with this passion in my life. Where were you? And he started burning these drawings of him literally and he cried and he was on his face before the Lord and and later on there was only ashes lying around him with all the dreams in ashes and he took the ashes and he, he poured it over him in, in mourning and then he met who was it he met um, what's the guy's name one of his friends um, Philip yes Philip I love Philip you know I mean, the way they just depict him and he went and he fetched Nathaniel and brought him to Jesus and Jesus said ah the um, oh my goodness the, um, the detailist and he was like Who, how do you know me Nathaniel said it's like no I saw you under the tree and when you cried out to me I was there when you earnestly seek me I am there when you hunger for me I am there See, when we crave His presence and the resources of His kingdom, He rewards us. And if we desire to see greater breakthrough in the miracles and the signs and the wonders, we must continually stay hungry. If I'm hungry to see miracles around me, I will see it. Because God will see my craving. He will see my hunger. You see, hunger unlocks the resources of heaven around us. I want to I encourage you this morning to not just let that Bible lie in your bed cupboard and, and, and gather dust, but to come into a place where you 
where you have a routine in your life that helps you to grow in more of Him. And as you read more of Him, you will hunger more of Him. And when you read and read and you don't find that revelation today, don't worry. Just wash yourself with the Word because tomorrow you will find that gold. You will find that, that, that revelation that God has called you to be. I wish in my life then, when I was young, I read my Bible more. I just dived into it and not looked at my Bible religiously, but looked at it as a powerful source of growth and equipment in my life. It's one of the most phenomenal handbooks of life. One of the most phenomenal handbooks that we'll ever read. And we can continue reading that. And God can still open things to us in our lives. And that's one of our values for us as a church, for us as, as a family, is to, to be equipped and to equip others. To be equipped. I sit with men and women in my life. I pursue men in my life to sit with them, just listen. Sometimes I just want to be a fly on the wall when they do a meeting. I just want to listen to how they do things, how they, how they um, work through tough situations. I just want to learn why, because I want to grow as a pastor. I want to grow as a man of God. I want to grow as a father. I want to grow as a husband. I'm hungry for more. And I want to encourage you. If you're not hungry, God is not mad at you. He's not turned His back on you. He's just waiting for you to, to hunger, to crave, to fill yourself with something that you will hunger for. And for me, this is, I'm not, I'm not just preaching to you today. <laughs> I'm preaching to me as well. And when I prepared this again and I thought, Father, what am I filling myself with? What am I filling myself with? Because what I fill myself with, I will crave. Now, I'm not saying you're not allowed to watch series and all these things. We've watched the Crown series, uh, the, the Crown of the, the Royal Family, and, and after season one, I realized we're in trouble, man. We're in trouble. Because I want to know what's happening in season five. And so we started watching these things. And every night, we're just like, it's like, oh, let's watch an episode. You know, what's it? After two weeks, I found myself taking a shower, meditating on what's happening in the series. Literally. I'm not saying it's wrong to watch a series, but it guided my meditation towards a place where I realized that whew, I'm filling myself with something more than I need to fill myself with the Word. So I'm not religious. I love watching TV. I love movies. We love movies. We love spending time and just switch off my brain sometimes and just that's how I rest. But I realized that the more I rest with things that fill me with the wrong things, the less I will be hungry and less I will have an appetite for Him. And I want to encourage you this morning to fill yourself with the right stuff so that there will be a craving for more of Him so that you will see and attract heaven and that there will be breakthrough for you in every area of your life. Amen. Will you stand with me and I'm going to pray. Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you for your goodness, for your grace, for who you are. Thank you for loving us, Father. Lord, we want to cry out this morning. I want to 
cry out to you, Father, to hunger, to crave you more. Lord, I pray that you speak to our hearts this morning. Holy Spirit, you're already showing us what is filling our lives more than you. What is filling our lives to a degree that, that, is, that is blocking us from being more hungry and growing more deeper in you. And Lord, I pray that this next few weeks that you will encourage us. Holy Spirit, come. You are the great encourager. Come and encourage us to spend that time in the Word. To meditate on those things that that will make us shine for you, Father. And Father, I pray that you will take away the guilt and the condemnation for not reading our Bible. Because your word says there's no condemnation for those who are new. But that life is waiting for us every day. Lord, I pray that you give us plans. You give us methods. How to get more of you, Father. And may the conviction rather be a, a, a cry for hunger, a cry to crave more of you, Father. May you convict our habits, Father, and our needs that we have so that it will pull us closer to you, Father. Thank you so much for that, Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail, visit www.klcstellenbosch.co.za.